Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Geekscapists. Welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. This episode of Geekscape is a live recording from my Los Angeles Comic-Con panel with LeVar Burton. We opened it up to some audience questions. I had some questions for LeVar myself. And I got to tell you, going into this panel, I was super nervous. I grew up with LeVar Burton. Not only on Reading Rainbow, but on Star Trek The Next Generation. There was a lot I wanted to ask him. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation as much as I did, so I'm not going to keep you from it. Here's LeVar Burton. Steve Burns from Blues Clues and now LeVar. These are the men who raised us. Incredible. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm actually good. Good to see you all. I think... Uh, well, we are like on the floor, aren't we? Oh, yeah. This is it. We're just a, a distraction to all of the commerce that's, that's happening behind you. Do you need anything from Artist Alley that somebody can run over and get? Artist Alley? Oh, hey! Artist Alley! <laughs> What's going on, y'all? If you need some back issues, that's over there. If you need some old comics. Uh, I'm good. Okay. All right. Good. And then I think cosplayers are, well, they're Unless everywhere. Unless there's any uh, Captain Planet comics over there. That'd be cool. Those are rare. Those are rare. That'd be cool. Those are rare. I'm sure there's a few comics where Data and Jordy have been shipped. Oh, for sure. All right. I collect those. <laughs> LeVar, I didn't know about the YouTube channel. Why don't you tell us br- briefly about the YouTube channel, and then y'all get ready. I think I'm going to throw it to y'all pretty quick here on the audience. Well, it's not, it's not so new, but it, it, it was a response um, to um, the conversation that we are trying desperately to not have in this country about race and how much it has impacted everything that happens in the United States of America. And it was um, uh, me telling several stories that... Um, are all true that were written um, and experienced by either myself or friends of mine. And I deliver these stories to the camera, um, and some of them are pretty harrowing. Um, just as a, an, a way to illustrate uh, the everyday reality of people of color in these United States. And we have the bottom falling out on education in some places in the country. And I think it is, I think there's an equivalent there. If you don't, if you don't expand your mind beyond where you are, you don't understand where other people are. And you aren't able to uh, have compassion for them. Reading is one of the uh, fundamental ways in which we gain empathy for other people. 
by exposing ourselves to different ideas, different ways of living, different ways of being, we are exercising our empathy muscle, which is essential for all human beings. That's incredible. Beautiful. Thank you for everything you're doing. At least that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, let's get some of your story uh, based on the interest of the audience. If you raise your hand, I'm going to rush over to you. I'll hear what you have to say. I'll repeat the audience. We have a microphone here. I don't know how much you want to zigzag back and forth, but raise your hand. LeVar, if you, you see anybody... You have this through, but... Yeah. So what, what if the person raising their hand is like in the middle of the scrum? Yeah, yeah they're going to have to fight their way forward. Oh, I see. Oh, so they have to huh? fight their way. It seems like there's a guy there with his hand up. If you can yell loud enough, I'll repeat the question. No, so make, make your way make gently your way through, to the yeah. forward, sir, so we can actually uh, hear what it is you have to say. What book should everybody read? Uh, tell me again. The, the microphone's volume is low. What book should everybody read what book should everybody read everybody should read a book that makes them feel good about themselves right um if you love fantasy then find fantasy literature my my body of choice is science fiction speculative fiction i uh i, I read i i have a, a podcast called lavar burton reads uh, my people <laughs> and I read one piece of fiction in every episode, and I lean heavily into, into the speculative. That's, that's my favorite genre. But I, parents and, and people ask me all the time, how do I get my, my kid to read more? And I, I generally ask them two questions. Number one, how often do your kids see you reading? Because it's that really important modeling that is essential in terms of a child developing the habit. When we communicate to them that something is important to us and of value, when we demonstrate that, that message is sent on more than just the verbal level. Then I ask them, what is your child passionate about? I mean, what's their favorite thing in the world? Because it is our passions that tend to drive our reading appetites. I've said for decades, if your kid loves superheroes, then damn it, buy your kid comic books, <laughs> right? Because I don't care what the gateway drug is. I just want kids to read. And growing up, your father was a photographer. Did that lend itself to you getting into the arts, getting into film, getting into acting? When I discovered uh, the director in me, then I, I recognized then that, that, um, that this, this was at least in part something that I perhaps inherited from my father. Yeah. My mom was an English teacher. It is she from whom I got my love of literature, stories, and, and the written word. And if you were to say what that book was for you, the one that sparked you? Well, the book, the book that I was reading when I got what reading is, right? When I closed the last page and I got depressed. I didn't know I was depressed. I was nine. But... I was depressed because I was leaving this world that I had really immersed myself in. And I, was, and I had to say goodbye to these characters that I had come to really enjoy spending time with. And so to this day, when I am reading a particularly good piece of fiction, I slow down the last couple of chapters to forestall that inevitable sense of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
done. <laughs> right? And, until you pick up the next one. In that book for you, do you remember it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Captain's Courageous, Rudyard Kipling. Um, not a great book, but, you know, it was, it was the gateway drug for me. Incredible. And then you were, ended up on a ship as well. And had I did. I, as well. Sort, I, I ended up on a ship. I did. I did. I'm, I'm currently in uh, someplace in the Gulf of Mexico um, on a yacht with Donald Glover. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, who else has a question? Feel free to point to anybody. This is oh, tough, huh? This is my yeah, job? Yeah, yeah. You're the moderator. I know, but, but listen, they're here for you. They're not here then, for me. And then, then I, I choose the, the lovely sister in, in, in uh, the yellow the mustard y- uniform. Yes. She's an engineer. Are you an engineer? I am an engineer. She's yes. an engineer. I'm a software engineer in 20 years now. So Congratulations. Wanna, thank you for being such an inspiration. And I also want to ask, what is your favorite Star Trek Next Generation episode? You and Data were my favorite. Data's my favorite, too. Actually, yeah, yeah, Data's my favorite. Data's my favorite. You know, I have a joke with Brent that um, black people love Data because black people have photographs or portraits in their house of all of the kings, right? Martin Luther King, Jesus, the king of kings, and then Data. And I don't know how he got into that, that pantheon, but... I walk into people's houses all the time. Jesus, Martin Luther King, Data. It's awesome. And you don't know what that's about. I have no what clue. What do you think it is about? I, about Data. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, favorite Star Trek episodes. You know, we did, what, 179, depending upon how you count. And there are a good 70, 80 I've never seen. Um, so I just, I, I love happening upon them. Um, and, and, and watching them and, and thinking, I have no idea what happens here. And I don't, re- I don't remember doing this at all. So it's all new and fresh to me. And uh, I get to be surprised for the rest of my life. And you're currently adding some more episodes to that list. Ten, ten more, um, depending upon how you count. The third season of Picard is... Pretty much a, a, a nice goodbye to the next gen. Um, a conscious goodbye, something we did not have an opportunity to do when we were still in production. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, 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 I'm very excited. Uh, not just for you to see it, I'm excited for me to see it. Um, we had a blast being together last February, January and February. And I'm, this coming February, February 16th, We'll get, to, we'll get to start seeing it. Did you find yourself in those last days of filming approaching it like a good book and saying, hey, let's slow down, let's take some mental pictures? Let's the, the entire time, the entire time. Um, it was, let's, let's, let's be aware of the moment, take the mental pictures. Um, yeah. I think that's important in life. Yeah. And no you never question. know that moment until something triggers it. Yeah. You remember it and you say... You know, did I take that for granted? Was I present? I think one of the things that we've learned over the years, spending so much time with each other, is, is that, and, and this was particularly true this time, we've always recognized that there's a, f- a finite amount of time we get to do this. Um, being together 
to shoot Picard was the time that we all as adults got to look around at one another and say, um, if this is the last time, um, I'm good. But working in fiction as a director, yeah. as an actor, yeah. working in literature, yeah. um, a lot of that's transporting yourself to maybe a fictional environment, but maybe it's also a prism, a reflection, an opportunity to look back. What have you learned from some of these things that you've inhabited, some of these places you've visited that have maybe been uh, eye-opening for you, that have been revelations for you and your growth? Um, it's a big one, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a very large question. What have I learned from but is that not the job of literature? Seven years of, yeah. of telling stories? Stories are eternal. They are the life's blood of humanity. Um, I've really learned that I, 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 was, I feel like I was born to do this. And I'm uh, enormously grateful that I stumbled my way into it. Were there times when that confidence was shaken? Uh, what were the hard parts? You want me to just yeah. bare my soul? If you'd like. We can always sort of an audience. I can always pick somebody else. I'm, I'm used to paying a therapist for that. <laughs> well, we got Steve Burns crying a couple hours ago. That was crazy. That was Steve was here? Yeah, he was. I met Steve and, backstage. And when I told him that my next moderation no, no, was with no, no, you, I, he was you, so excited you, to meet you. You don't understand. I, got, I, I have a picture with Steve Burns on my phone. Wow. I, I, I met him for the first time backstage. He's awesome. He was excited to meet you. I was excited to meet this him. This picture was taken after I told him you were going to be here. There it is. Incredible. There he is. <laughs> it is a selfie that they, they took a picture together. Two people that raised us, got us to read, got us to learn together. That's incredible. You know, there was a... There that's, was about, a that's like the MCU right there. There was a... a <laughs> <laughs> Quality children's program. The origin story. <laughs> there was a time. Sesame Street... Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, Blue's Clues, Reading Rainbow, Car Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, um, Wishbone. Uh, these were the joints, right? Um, and uh, there's nothing like them uh, in the landscape of, of television today. And I just, I, I'm happy and proud to have been a part of that brief window in time where we were rocking it. And look at y'all. I mean, I'm enormously proud of you. And I like to feel like I had some small part in helping to help you find your destiny. So. Is it a small part or a big part? I think you played a, a part. big part. A part. A part. A part. But after that MCU comment, somewhere Steve Nye's like putting purple makeup on, trying to do the Thanos thing. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, I'm in on that. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's get another question. Uh, there we go, another Starfleet uniform. Is that cool? Yes, of course. Hello. Um, you, first, you were a huge part of my childhood, so like, thank you for that. But um, my main question is, are you what are you currently reading, or do you have any recommendations? Uh, currently, I'm, uh, I'm still recording season 11 of, of the podcast, LeVar Burton Reads. I say at the beginning of every episode, hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and this is LeVar Burton Reads. In every episode, I handpick a different piece of short fiction, and I read it to you. The only thing these stories have in common is that I love them, and I hope you will, too. And then we take a breath, right? And then I read the story. 
Um, so I'm still reading a lot of short stories uh, um, for the podcast. Um, and I look forward to being able to get back to my reading list. <laughs> Which is always, you know, having a companion, right? A book um, all the time is, uh, it, I think it's a civilized way to live. Incredible. Thank you. Incredible. Um, who else we got? Do you see anybody popping out to you? Uh, well, well, there, 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 there's a, a young lady with a treble there. Yeah, there the is. Row. There yeah. sure is. Yeah. And, you know, tribbles, <laughs> a treble will always get a microphone uh, in front of your face. Um, hi. Uh, it's great to meet you, but um, I was just wondering, when you play Jordy, um, was it hard to, like, act while you had the visor on? You mean, was it hard to like, see? Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was. You couldn't it see was. the visor. Um... You know, if you put your hand up to your face, right, and keep your eyes open, there's obstruction, but you can still see through it. That's kind of what the visor was like, except for I couldn't see that, and I, I, couldn't, see, I couldn't see my feet. A lot of your peripheral vision was gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I really had to learn how to navigate the sets without bumping into shit. <laughs> and people. Um, uh, coming back to the character... 30 years later, has there been improvements to the visor? It's, it's an inocular implant. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't wear the visor anymore. You'd think with all that stuff they're implanting themselves with in the future, they'd just fix the eyes. Well, that's, see, that assumes that Jordy wants to see like other human beings, mm. which I can, I can say unequivocally he doesn't. Uh, Jordy sees in a very specific way that is unique to him. He sees much more than anyone else around him and on different frequencies and wavelengths. Jordy sees all of the electromagnetic spectrum. He sees sound. He enjoys seeing a sunrise with, with human eyes, but he prefers the way he perceives the world. It's incredible. I've never actually heard that. That's amazing. All right, we've got a few others. Who we got? Um, you, you pick. All right, you pick um, let's go in the red shirt. Right See, here. There you go. There we go. Oh my gosh, hello. Hello. Um, so I'm a huge Star Trek fan, and we kind of talked about this earlier. You love Data, everyone loves Data. But um, I love Geordi and Data's friendship and like the one they shared. And do you think there was anything about each other that kind of drew them to each other and like why they were close? That's actually a pretty good question. In the original audition sides for The Next Generation, there was a scene that they wrote um, where Jordy and Data decide to form a team. Um, and that is the, the, that scene never made it into the final script, but the, the nature of their friendship did. Um, they called themselves the perceivers. Jordy's eyes and Data's brain sort of saw the world in a very similar way. They saw the truth of how things are. Um, it was impossible for them to see artifice or bullshit. <laughs> they saw the world the way it really truly is. And, uh, and uh, as I say, even though that scene didn't make it into the pilot encounter at Farpoint, uh, the relationship between the two did. It's incredible. All right. Um, 
Let's go. Let's go behind the um, individual. It's a tall white guy. Yeah. yeah. Tall white guy. <laughs> tall white guy. He gets off of a step stool and comes up. I tricked my way to the question. Absolutely, reading was foundational to me as a little boy. Uh, watching you uh, teach us that, uh, I have strong memories, and also of Jordy and, and Star Trek and teaching to expand my mind in those ways. I wanted to ask. If you had an experience where it was made evident to you the way that you had affected someone's life, if there's a special experience to you that you'd be willing to share of a time where it was very, made very clear to you how you had deeply affected someone else's life, does that make sense? It happens every day. Every day I encounter someone who comes up to me and says, I'm a writer, a teacher, a a uh, special effects supervisor, a, a beekeeper, a, a paleontologist because of an episode of Reading Rainbow. And that's, that's freaking awesome, right? It's awesome. I'm the son of an English teacher, right? <laughs> um, and to have grown up and become, you know, an advocate for childhood literacy, for literacy in general, but especially, you know, literacy at that critical stage. The whole idea of Reading Rainbow was to meet kids where they were, right, sitting in front of the television in the 80s, and then take them where we wanted them to go. It was really counterintuitive to use television as that medium of connection, right? But it worked. It worked. And um, y'all are the result. As a final thought, LeVar, what are some of the things that we can do here in the audience to kind of protect that institution that is under assault in some places? Don't go for the bullshit, you know? And don't, you don't have to take my word for it. You don't have to take anybody's word for it. Because you are literate in at least one language, you can read up on it yourself. You have the ability to self-educate, inform yourselves. There's a lot of misinformation out there. A lot of people trying to pull the wool over your eyes. Don't go for the okey-doke. The world is full of bullshit, but you have discernment, and you have the power to figure this out on your own. Do that. It is the only saving grace of this republic. Thank you so much. Peace and blessings, y'all. I'll see you next time, but you don't have to take my word for it. How great was that conversation with LeVar Burton? Could you hear how nervous I was? Maybe? <laughs> I know I was, uh, but I think it came out great. I loved what LeVar had to say about being an activist, about reading. That was a great conversation. We're not done yet, though. Next up on the feed, another Los Angeles Comic Con panel. This is my one-on-one -on -one with Amy Jo Johnson. And if I thought that I was nervous for LeVar Burton, I was definitely nervous for Amy Jo. If you enjoyed this episode, we've got a ton more on the feed. Please subscribe, share Geekscape with your friends, and leave us a five-star review on any podcatcher that you're listening from. We'll catch you next time. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.